باب صلات النوافل جماعتن Performing voluntary prayers how jama'atan in congregation in a group now here what is meant is all nawafil whatever that voluntary prayer may be okay any voluntary prayer performing it in congregation what's the proof of that dhakarahu anas wa aisha radiyallahu anhuma he's saying that anas and aisha both reported it عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمْ From the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمْ When did Anas رضي الله عنه reported The hadith of Anas رضي الله عنه is the one in which he in which the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمْ visited the house of Umm Sulaym and he performed the prayer over there and it was in congregation it was not fault and Anas رضي الله عنه and another orphan boy they both formed a row behind the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمْ Okay so this is reported in Bukhari So we see that voluntary prayer is being performed in Congregation. What is the narration of Aisha radiallahu anha? That is also mentioned in Bukhari. It was mentioned earlier in the book where the Prophet ﷺ performed the night prayer. Aisha radiallahu anha reported that. He performed the night prayer and the people joined him in the night prayer. So these two narrations prove that it is correct to perform voluntary prayer in congregation. Another clear hadith Imam Bukhari mentions. Long hadith but very interesting. حدثني إسحاق حدثنا يعقوب بن إبراهيم حدثنا أبي عن ابن شهاب قال أخبرني محمود بن الربيع الأنصاري أنه عقر رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم So Mahmud bin Rabir Mahmud bin Rabir Al-Ansari He was from the Ansar رضي الله عنه He is reporting that he عقل عقل What does عقل mean? That he remembered Okay? He remembered He remembered the Prophet ﷺ. What does it mean by this? He remembered him. Mahmud anhu was a very little boy. Very little boy. When he met the Prophet ﷺ, he was from Medina, but he was of the little children of Medina. Okay? And wa'aqala, and he specifically remembered majjatan, the majjah. Majjah is to take water in one's mouth and then spit it out. This is a majjah. Okay? To spit water out of one's mouth. Okay? So he remembered the majjah that majjaha fi wajhihi. That the Prophet ﷺ spat, alright, where? Fi wajhihi in his face, min bi'rin. And that water was taken from a well, kanat fi darihim, that was in their house. Okay? Now, Mahmud bin Rabir was five years old. Very little boy. When the Prophet ﷺ came to his house, there was a well in their house, the water was taken out of there. And as this hadith is mentioned earlier in Kitabul Ilm, Imam Bukhari mentions it in greater detail in Kitabul Ilm. And we learned that the Prophet ﷺ, he sprayed some water on the face of this little boy Mahmud. Okay? Why would he do that? There's different reasons that are given by the ulama. Okay? One reason is play. Okay? Has it ever happened with you that you're doing something and, and little children, they just come and start staring at you? Right? They just come and watch you, like do everything. Right? So what happens at that time? 
Even if you don't know those children, you play along. Isn't it? You play along. And the way you would play with them will be according to your culture. Isn't it? What might be acceptable in your culture might not be acceptable in another culture at all. Right? Recently, I was at a grocery store and this uh, little boy was with me. And uh, this boy, uh, he's lived majority of his life in another country. So he's still not... I mean, yes, he is Canadian, but he's not fully Canadian. You know what I mean? So this little kid, this boy, uh, he's standing and there's a little baby in a cart. Right? And this little baby is staring at this boy. Right? So this boy starts playing with that little baby, going a little too close to that baby. Right? And I'm like, okay, you don't, you don't do that here. You know? But he kept doing that. You know, he was going very close to the baby and the mother was like looking and kind of smiling, but you could tell from her face that she was a little uncomfortable, that why is this kid coming so close to my child? Right? So she pushed the trolley away. and So the point is that for this kid, it was something very normal. Right? He had no concept of personal space. Right? But for other people, it's like, I need, you know, you have to respect our personal space. You can smile at me from a distance, but you can't come very close to me. Right? If you go to some other parts of the world, people will, you know, randomly touch your baby, pick him up, start kissing him on his cheek. Oh my God. Uh, they will literally, you know, kiss your baby on the cheek. Right? And you will see the lipstick marks on the cheek. And you're like, I don't know you. I don't know what you've had and what's in your body. But you're putting your germs on my child's skin. Right? For example. People have different ways. Right? So, you might feel uncomfortable with one uh, way, manner of playing, and other people might be perfectly cool with it. Right? So the Prophet ﷺ, he was doing wudu perhaps, he was washing up, and he took a mouthful of water and he sprayed it on the face of Mahmud. Right? He was playing with him. This is one explanation. Another explanation that ulama have given is that the Prophet ﷺ did this for tabarruk, to to kind of bless the boy. Okay, because remember that the Prophet ﷺ, I mean his his body was blessed, right? And there is numerous proofs of that. The Sahaba would, you know, even value his sweat. Right, it was his body, a blessed body. So this was for the purpose of tabarruk. All right. Now Mahmud radiallahu anhu, he was only five years old when this incident happened. Okay? And here it is mentioned that he remembered this. He remembered this. And based on this narration, the scholars say that you can accept hadith from even a child. Okay? Because he is narrating this incident about the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When he was how old? Only five years old. Right? Five years old. So as long as a person, as a child can remember correctly, okay, it doesn't matter how old or young they are. Okay? It's not the age that matters, it is the knowledge that matters. Alright? So he was five years old when this incident happened and he reported this and it was accepted from him. So anyway, Mahmud bin Ar-Rabir al-Ansari Fazama 
he claimed, he said, فَزَعْمَ مَحْمُودٌ Mahmud said that أَنَّهُ سَمِعَ عِتْبَانَ بْنَ مَالِكٍ الْأَنصَارِ That he heard Itban bin Malik al-Ansari رضي الله عنه وَكَانَ مِمَّنْ شَهِدَ بَدْرًا And Itban bin Malik was of those people who had witnessed Badr مَعَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ With the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ so he said that he heard from Ritban bin Malik, Yaqulu, that he said, Kuntu usalli li qawmi bi bani salim. So what's happening over here? Mahmud heard from who? Ritban bin Malik. Who's Ritban bin Malik? He's of those companions who participated in Badr. And Ritban radiallahu anhu is narrating that I used to pray for my people amongst the Banu Salim, meaning I used to lead them in prayer. وَكَانَ يَحُولُ بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَهُمْ وَادٍ And there was a valley between me and them. Meaning, between my house and the rest of the houses of Banu Salim, there was a valley. إِذَا جَاءَتِ الْأَمْطَارُ When the rains would come, meaning when there would be a lot of rainfall, فَيَشُقُّ عَلَيَّ جْتِيَازُهُ It would be difficult for me to cross that valley, قِبَلَ مَسْجِدِهِمْ Towards their masjid. So, why would it be difficult? Because that valley would get flooded. فَجِئْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ So I came to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم فَقُلْتُ لَهُ And I said to him that إِنِّي أَنْكَرْتُ بَصَرِي My vision is going bad. Meaning I, I no longer see very clearly. وَإِنَّ الْوَادِيَ الَّذِي بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَ قَوْمِي And the valley which is between me and my people يَسِيلُ It gets flooded. إِذَا جَاءَتِ الْأَمْطَارِ When there is a lot of rain. Then it is difficult for me to cross the valley. So in other words, he's saying, I cannot pray in congregation then, when it rains. So I really want that you come and pray in my house, makanan, in a place, which I can take as a prayer place. I really want you to come to my house and pray, so that I can make that place where you pray as my musalla. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ سَأَفْعَلُ So the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said, سَأَفْعَلُ I will do that. He did not refuse. فَغَدَى عَلَيَّ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَأَبُو بَكْرٍ So Ritban is saying that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم came in the morning. He came and with him Abu Bakr رضي الله عنه also came. When بَعْدَ مَشْتَدَّ النَّهَارِ after the day had fully risen, after it had become intense, meaning the daylight had settled. It was daytime. So this is around duha time. When he came, فَاسْتَأْذَنَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم, The Prophet ﷺ asked for permission. Permission for what? To enter his house. فَأَذِنْتُ لَهُ So I allowed him. And when he came in, فَلَمْ يَجْلِسْ He did not sit down حَتَّى قَالَ Until he said, أَيْنَ تُحِبُّ أَنْ أُصَلِّيَ مِنْ بَيْتِكَ Where do you want me to pray in your house? Notice something? When he walked in, he did not sit down until he inquired about where he should pray. Because he came for the salah, right? He didn't come to chill. He came to pray. So he was focused on his purpose. And this is something very important that we need to remember also. We go for one thing and we get distracted. 
We go to the masjid to pray, we don't even pray. We get distracted. We go to a class, and we're not even sitting in class. Distracted. Remember why you you have taken the time out, sacrificed, left so many things, and come to a place, you did not come there to chill. You did not come there to daydream. You did not come there to kill your time. You came there for a purpose. So fulfill that purpose and then do other things. Then do other things. And I know that as students, sometimes you have many distractions. You have your phone, you have other people. Other people are coming in, you want to talk, you want to see what's happening. No, everything else is secondary. Everything else is secondary. And if you keep getting distracted by this person and that person, by this thing and that thing, you'll never accomplish anything. I don't know how many of you can even think about taking a test when you have not studied the entire chapter or when you have not attended the entire class. I don't know how you can do that. I never did that as a student. Never. I still don't do it. Anytime I'm taking a class, I want to make sure that I have studied, I have read cover to cover, I have listened to the lecture beginning to end. We have such a casual attitude. We listen to some part, miss some other part, coming late to class, leaving early, going in the middle. Why? How long is the class? An hour, 15 minutes maximum? And if we're spending 10 minutes in the bathroom, what are we doing? If we're spending 10 minutes attending a phone call, we're leaving something that we came for. This is injustice to yourself. You're being unfair to yourself where you're coming to seek knowledge and instead of studying, you're busy with other things. Be fair to yourself. Be good to yourself. So the Prophet ﷺ did not sit down until he asked, where do you want me to pray? So what happened? فَأَشَّرْتُ لَهُ إِلَى الْمَكَانِ So I pointed him to the place الَّذِي أُحِبُّ أَنْ أُصَلِّيَ فِيهِ in which I wanted him to pray. Look at the Prophet ﷺ also. He's not saying, well, I can pray wherever I want. No. He's asking him, where would you like me to pray? فَقَامَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So the Prophet ﷺ stood, فَكَبَّرَ He said the takbir, وَصَفَفْنَا وَرَاءَهُ And we formed rows behind him. فَصَلَّى رَكَعَتَيْنِ Then he performed two raka'at. ثُمَّ سَلَّمَ Then he said the taslim, وَسَلَّمْنَا And we also said the taslim, حِينَ سَلَّمَ When he said the taslim. So this is the part which proves to us that it is sunnah to perform voluntary prayers in congregation whenever there is a need. Right? So the Prophet ﷺ led the prayer. Abu Bakr Uthban bin Malik and whoever else was there prayed behind him. And notice also that the Prophet ﷺ said the salam and we said the salam when he said the salam. Not when we wanted to say the salam. Because imam is to be followed. So when the imam says, Allahu Akbar, what are we supposed to do? Let me complete my surah. Hmm? No. You stop where you are. And you join. You follow. So even when he's saying the salam, you have to stop what you're saying and say the salam. Now what happened? Salah is done. Right? The work for which the Prophet ﷺ came is done. Right? So now, once the work is done, can we chill? Yes, we can. So what happened? 
Ritban bin Malik said, فَحَبَسْتُهُ So I kept him. Habs means to, to retain something, to keep it. Right? So he said, I kept him, meaning I did not let him go. I insisted that he should stay. For what? عَلَى خَزِيرٍ For khazir. Khazir is a stew. Right? Some food in which there is meat. There's gravy or there's soup in it also. So for some khazir, يُصْنَعُ لَهُ Which had been prepared for him. Interesting, huh? He called him to pray, but he also had food prepared. Okay? And this is of the noble qualities that when somebody is coming to your place, then you serve them some food. Right? Ibrahim salam, did he prepare food for the guests who came? Hmm? Suddenly those guests came, so he went and brought roasted meat. Right? So here also, يُصْنَعُ لَهُ That food was especially prepared for him wasallam. So what happened? The Prophet wasallam agreed. He stayed for the food. And then, فَسَمِعَ أَهْلُ الدَّارِ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فِي بَيْتِي So the people of the dar, dar, house, the people of the house, meaning in the surrounding area, where this, the Banu Salim, right? The Banu Salim, they used to live in this area, right? So in the Banu Salim, they found out that the Prophet ﷺ was in my house, in the house of Itban. What happened? فَثَابَ رِجَالٌ مِّنْهُمْ So the men amongst them started coming. Okay, they gathered. حَتَّى كَثُرَ الرِّجَالُ فِي الْبَيْتِ Until there were so many men in my house. Too many men, too many people. Right, they heard the Prophet ﷺ is here, so they all came. And then they're all talking, they're eating. فَقَالَ رَجُلٌ مِّنْهُمْ So a man amongst them said, مَا فَعْلَ مَالِكٌ لَا أَرَاهُ What did Malik do? Where is Malik? I don't see him. Where did he go? فَقَالَ رَجُلٌ مِّنْهُمْ So another man amongst them, he said, ذَاكَ munafiq. He's a munafiq. He's a hypocrite. لَا يُحِبُّ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ He does not love Allah and His Messenger. That's why he's not here. Because if he was really a believer, and if he loved Allah and his messenger, then he would be present in this gathering. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ So the Prophet ﷺ said, لَا تَقُلْ ذَاكَ Do not say that. أَلَا تَرَاهُ Did you not see him? قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ He has said, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ يَبْتَغِي بِذَلِكَ وَجْهَ اللَّهِ and he wanted by that the face of Allah, meaning he said the kalima, seeking who? Seeking Allah. Fakala, so that man, he said, Allahu wa Rasuluhu a'lam. Allah and His Messenger know best. Allah and His Messenger know best as to who that man is, whether he's really a believer or a hypocrite. Amma nahnu, as for us, fawallahi la nara wuddahu, then by Allah, we do not see his love, wala hadithahu, nor his speech, illa ilal munafiqeen, except that it is directed to the hypocrites. We have seen him loving the hypocrites and talking with the hypocrites a lot. That's what we have seen. He hangs out with them. So this is why we think that he is one of them. Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet ﷺ said, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ حَرَّمَ عَلَى النَّارِ Indeed, Allah has forbidden on the fire مَنْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ 
Whoever says, La ilaha illallah, then such a person is forbidden on the fire. Yabtari bidalika wajhallah. If he says, La ilaha illallah, while seeking by that the face of Allah. Meaning he says it with sincerity, then this person will be forbidden on hellfire. Now what do we see here? This was a very big claim to make in front of the Prophet ﷺ, right? That that man is a hypocrite. He does not like Allah and His Messenger. In fact, it's almost rude. Imagine somebody telling you on your face, he doesn't like you. She doesn't like you. Hmm? It's insulting. It's hurtful. It's like, okay, they don't like me, but you don't have to tell me. Right? But what did they say? They said, this man said, this man is a hypocrite. He does not like Allah and His Messenger. And he's saying this to the Messenger. So it's disrespectful also. It's a big claim, and it's also disrespectful. So what happened? The Prophet ﷺ was very wise. Right? He would always put things where they belonged. So he corrected the people that don't make such a claim. Now, قَالَ Mahmudun Mahmud who heard this hadith from Itban, right? And he narrated this hadith. What happened? Mahmud said, فَحَدَّثْتُهَا قَوْمًا I narrated this hadith to different people. Because it's a very interesting incident, right? I mean, the Prophet ﷺ is coming to somebody's house. First, there's a blind a man who has an issue with his vision, not able to go to the masjid. The Prophet ﷺ is going to his house, praying there, there's so much to learn from this incident. So he said, I narrated this hadith to a people, Fihim Abu Ayyub. And amongst those people was also Abu Ayyub. Who is Abu Ayyub? Sahibu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fi ghazwatihi. The companion, Sahibu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was the companion of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is Abu Ayyub al-Ansari. Right? The companion in whose house the Prophet ﷺ stayed when he arrived in Medina. So he said, I mentioned this hadith to Abu Ayyub radiallahu anhu also. When? Fi ghazwatihi in his battle, allati tuwuffiya fiha, in which he died. The battle in which Abu Ayyub died is the same battle in which I had mentioned this hadith to him. Okay? Which was this battle? وَيَزِيدُ بْنُ مُعَاوِيَةَ عَلَيْهِمْ Yazid bin Mu'awiyah was their leader. This is after after who? The time of Abu Bakr, the time of Umar, the time of Uthman Alright? Because after that we see that Mu'awiyah who he had appointed his son as a leader of many expeditions and then later Yazid also became the Khalifa. So anyway, this was a battle in which Yazid was their leader, Bi Rum, and this was a battle in the land of Rome. Now, Mahmud narrated this hadith to Abu Ayyub. When? When? In a battle. Okay, in a battle. And later in that same battle, Abu Ayyub died. Right? He was killed. Now, interesting thing is that they're gone for a battle. It doesn't mean that the battle is you know, going on at that time. But during this incident, they're reporting hadith to one another. That is beautiful. Right? 
that they're reporting hadith to one another even at a time of battle. Now what happened when he reported this hadith to Abu Ayyub? فَأَنْكَرَهَا عَلَيَّ أَبُوْ أَيُّوبِ Abu Ayyub rejected me. He said, قَالَ He said, وَاللَّهِ مَا أَظُنُّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ قَالَ مَا قُلْتَ قَطُّ He said, by Allah, I don't think the Prophet ﷺ ever said what you're saying he said. What? That if a person says, لا إله إلا الله, sincerely, then the fire is forbidden on him. Abu Ayyub says, there's no way the Prophet ﷺ could have said that. فَكَبُرَ ذَلِكَ عَلَيَّ So Mahmud, he said, this was very difficult for me. He had heard this hadith from Itban, and he had narrated it to so many people, and here Abu Ayyub al-Ansari radiallahu anhu is saying, no way, the Prophet ﷺ could not have said this. So this was very difficult for him. Am I wrong? Did I misunderstand? Am I making things up? Like what's going on? He doubted himself. فَكَبُرَ ذَلِكَ عَلَيَّ فَجَعَلْتُ لِلَّهِ عَلَيَّ So I made a promise with Allah that in سَلَّمَنِي that if Allah would protect me, meaning if I survive the battle, حَتَّى أَقْفُلَ مِنْ غَزْوَتِي that I leave the battle fine and أَسْأَلَ عَنْهَا عِتْبَانَ بْنَ مَالِكٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ that I will go and ask Itban min Malik radiallahu anhu. In wajadtuhu hayyan. If I were to find him alive, fi masjidi qawmihi, in the masjid of his people. So he made a commitment. He said, if I survive this battle, I'm going to go to the masjid of Itban min Malik. I'm going to find him. If he's alive, I'm going to ask him about this hadith again. So what happened? فَقَفَلْتُ So I returned. فَأَهْلَلْتُ بِحَجَّةٍ أَوْ بِعُمْرَةٍ And I made the talbiyah for hajj or umrah. He put on the ihram. Because if you're going all the way to Medina, from the land of Rome, you might as well do umrah or hajj. Right? He said, then I traveled until I reached Medina. فَأَتَيْتُ بَنِي سَالِمْ said, I came to the Banu Salim, where they used to live. فَإِذَا عِتْبَانُ شَيْخٌ he said, there, there was Itban, radiallahu anhu, shaykhun, an old man, a'ma, who had become completely blind now, yusalli li qawmihi, and he was still leading his people in prayer. That's what he found him doing. فَلَمَّا سَلَّمَ مِنَ الصَّلَاةِ Then when he said the taslim from the salah, he ended the prayer, سَلَّمْتُ عَلَيْهِ I greeted him. وَأَخْبَرْتُهُ مَنْ أَنَا And I told him about who I was. Why? Because now Itban was old and he was blind. So Mahmud introduced himself, reminded him of who he was. ثُمَّ سَأَلْتُهُ عَنْ ذَلِكَ الْحَدِيثِ And then I asked him about that hadith. فَحَدَّثَنِيهِ كَمَا حَدَّثَنِيهِ أَوَّلَ مَرَّةِ So he narrated that hadith to me just as he narrated it to me the first time. So what do we see here? Too many things. Hmm? Firstly, we see that Mahmud, when somebody questions him, he makes sure to investigate and to confirm. Right? I mean, after all, who's questioning him? Abu Ayyub radiallahu anhu, someone who of much greater status than him, greater in age. And then now he's even martyred. So this stayed in his heart. So he didn't just live with that, he went and confirmed. Anytime you were mentioning you know, a hadith or something of the deen and people are not willing to accept it, 
Don't keep forcing it. Say, inshallah, I will confirm and let you know. I will find out. I will check. And look at what he did to check. He traveled all the way to Medina. And traveling at that time was not easy. He traveled all the way to confirm this hadith. Is this correct? Or am I making this up? Am I mistaken somewhere? Or is this exactly as I reported it? So he traveled all the way to Medina to confirm the hadith. Knowledge requires effort. It requires effort. And that effort is not just limited to listening or reading. No. It means opening the books again and again and again. Asking, consulting, re-listening, re-reading, researching. It requires effort. Knowledge doesn't come easy. So we see on the one hand, the effort for the sake of knowledge. Right? And secondly, we see here, Itban radiallahu anhu, where he is the man of the masjid. Right? Where he was not able to go, he requested the Prophet ﷺ to make his house into a musalla. This was not an excuse that he would not go to the masjid. No, because when the weather was fine, we see that he was still leading his people in the masjid. Once we were traveling somewhere, and um, we knew that uh, one of our uh, close friends, they, they lived in that area. But we didn't have their contact information we didn't know how to reach out to them. But we wanted to see them. And we were there for only a short time. So what happened? My mom told my brother, go to the masjid. Go to the masjid and you'll find him there. And wallah, my brother went to the masjid and he met that individual in that masjid and that's how we met him. Because we know that when he is in any part of the world, he will go to the masjid. So if he is living now in a certain area, definitely you will find him in the masjid. Itban bin Malik also, you see so many years have gone by. This incident where he went back to find out the hadith from Itban bin Malik, this was in year 50 after hijrah. 50 after hijrah. Okay? So Itban bin Malik must be very old. And many, many years have gone by. If you think about it, the Prophet I mean, how long did he live in Medina? How long? Just 10, right? So there have been over 40 years since the time when Itban bin Malik was leading his people in prayer. Now imagine, over 40 years, he's still doing the same thing. He's leading his people in prayer. Consistency. Consistency is something that we don't have. We dream a lot and we do very little. We wish, we make sandcastles, and in reality we do very little. If you do only one thing, please do it with consistency. Do it properly. Hold on to what we have given you with quwwah. Not lightly. If you hold it with quwwah, then you will have something in your life, then you'll get somewhere in your life. Forty plus years, this great man is leading his people in prayer. 
And one might think, oh, still doing the same thing? Yes, still doing the same thing. Because leading the prayer is not something small. Is it? It's not something small. It's something very major. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes deeds which are consistent even if they are what? Small. Our problem is we get bored of the small deeds and we're like, no, I need to move on to something bigger. And then what happens? We leave what we were doing. We just dream about something bigger that we could do which is beyond our reach. We can't even get there. And where are we? Neither here nor there. Nowhere. What have we accomplished? Nothing. What boat are we on? Still dreaming. Seriously. We need to become very realistic. Very, very realistic. Value your time. Value your life. The opportunities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you, take them seriously. Take them seriously. Then we see here in the hadith of Ritban bin Malik radiallahu anhu that when he mentioned this hadith Abu Ayyub radiallahu anhu he did not accept it. Right? Why? Why would Abu Ayyub not accept it? Because the text, the statement apparently contradicted other statements that are mentioned in the Quran and Sunnah. Okay? The statement is saying that anyone who says La ilaha illallah, then Allah has forbidden the fire on him, which apparently seems like the person is never going to go to hell. Right? But we do know that if there is a person who says La ilaha illallah, and if he commits certain sins, then he will be punished in hellfire and eventually removed from there. So this is the reason why Abu Ayyub rejected the hadith. Alright? Or this claim that Mahmud is saying that the Prophet wasallam said that. Alright? This is the reason why Abu Ayyub anhu was not willing to accept it. Okay? However, we can understand this hadith to be that if you look at the text of the hadith, the words of the Prophet wasallam, that إِنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ حَرَّمَ عَلَى النَّارِ مَنْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ حَرَّمَ عَلَى النَّارِ can also be understood as that he has forbidden on the fire meaning for eternity. Okay? Forbidden on the fire, meaning for eternity. So if a person has said, La ilaha illallah, what does that mean? That he will not be in hellfire for eternity. Alright? Meaning once he is purified from his uh, sin, then he will be removed from there. Last uh, hadith, Bab at-tatawwu'i fil bayt, Voluntary prayers at home because the Prophet ﷺ encouraged people to do that. Haddathana Abdul A'la ibn Hamad, Haddathana Abu Haybun an Ayyub wa Ubaidillah, an Nafi'in an Ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma. Qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ij'alu fi buyutikum min salatikum. Make in your homes some portion of your prayer. Meaning perform some, some of your prayer where? In your house. وَلَا تَتَّخِذُهَا قُبُورًا And do not make them into graveyards. تَابَعُهُ عَبْدُ الْوَهَابِ عَنْ أَيُّوبِ Now it's the month of Ramadan. Sometimes what happens is that a person is not able to go to the masjid for taraweeh prayers. In that situation, don't think you don't have to pray at all. You can pray at home also. Right? And if you pray at home, you're making your house into like a 
masjid. Right? So keep prayer, the recitation of the Qur'an, a part of your house. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, ashadu wa la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.